Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Hey, what up, everybody? Happy Thursday. It is 6 o'clock on ESPN 680 and 1057, which you know what that means. It's time for your very favorite soccer-specific radio program. You look forward to it every week. It's Soccer City here on these ESPN Louisville stations. I'm Jeff Milby. Benton Newman is alongside, and Zach Cantrell is our producer tonight. Producer extraordinaire, I should say. Give the man his flowers. You know what I'm saying? Um, money. We got so much soccer to talk about, Benton. Uh, so many things to be excited about. It is a very, very busy couple of weeks at Lynn Family Stadium. Starting this weekend, we got a double dip of action this weekend. Racing Louisville is at home tomorrow night against the Kansas City Current. That is a seven, uh, I, I beg your pardon, an eight o'clock kickoff on July 7th is where I was going there. Uh, RacingLouFC.com slash tickets 502 Lou City is the phone number. It is a regular season game, not a Challenge Cup game. This one counts towards the playoff standings which Racing Louisville is still on the outside looking in despite some good performances this year. So they're going to need a raucous crowd. They're going to need your support. They're going to need your energy tomorrow night at Lynn Family Stadium. And then the very next night, Saturday evening, same story for Louisville City against Loudoun United. They need your energy as well as they try and get the winning form back together for this team that just had one win in the month of June. 8 o'clock kickoff on Saturday night for that game. Lucity.com slash tickets 502 Lou City. And it's just the first of a couple of weeks of lots of action. Louisville City has five home games over the next couple of weeks. The next three Saturdays and then two Wednesdays in between. Five home games over the next couple of weeks, if uh, if my memory serves. I'm, I'm confident about that, but you're giving me a look, Ben. No, 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 no that's right. I wasn't, no, okay. wasn't giving you one of those looks. So, plenty of opportunities for you to come out and catch, uh, catch some good soccer at Lynn Family Stadium over the next couple of weeks between Louisville City and Racing Louisville starting this weekend. Hit us up on Twitter during the show at Soccer City Radio, at Jeff Milby, at Purple SDF. We're not going to give any tickets away today unfortunately um with a game tomorrow it just seemed like a little bit of short notice that's fair uh but we will continue to give away tickets over the course of the season so do tune in every week uh to watch us or watch us you can watch us in your mind listen to us uh and we'll give away tickets to racing louisville four three seven nine six eighty. if you want to chime into the show over the course of the next hour with we're with you till seven o'clock uh let's start with racing louisville benton it was a 2-2 tie for them on the road in seattle against ol rain last weekend, already the third time this season that they have blown a 2 to nothing lead. Uh, that's just the statement of fact there. It's it's not coming off harsh. It's not a criticism. Just a statement of fact. They led O.L. Reign 2 to nothing at home, fell, uh, gave up a couple of goals and tied 2-2. They led o- Angel City on the road 2 to nothing, gave up a couple of late goals, tied 2-2. Same story here last weekend against O.L. Reign, and it was a, a frankly a big missed opportunity um, against a shorthanded O.L. Reign team that had eight players missing for World Cup duty, including all their big stars like Rose Lavelle and Megan Rapino. Racing goes on the road. They do the job for 80 minutes, score a couple of goals. They've got a comfortable lead in the 82nd minute. And somehow Oil Rain scored twice after that to tie the game and, and steal a couple of points from racing Louisville at home. How big of a disappointment was this, Benton? It was an absolutely massive disappointment. Um, I mean, normally going on the road against an opponent like that and getting a point wouldn't be too bad, but it's how it panned out that makes it feel extra bad to the point where I'm, I'm feeling pretty pessimistic on this team as far as their their playoff hopes. I know we're still kind of far away from that and mathematically they're still absolutely in it, but... You just think about all these missed opportunities and and how they're adding up. And unless they really turn around and are able to kind of consistently get results, uh, I'm I'm starting to get really, really worried about where they can go. I mean, you see flashes of how great this team can be, but you don't generally see it for full 90 minutes. You get 80 minutes and then all of a sudden just 10 minutes fall off and that's all it takes. So 
Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty down after that one. It was it was rough. Yeah, for racing Louisville, they're in eighth place in the NWSL standings. That's only four points back of San Diego for the last playoff spot. So to your point, they're very much still alive mathematically, right? And I understand why a lot of fans would feel a little down given the results of late. I mean, they've got just one win in their last six games, three wins overall in league play, just three wins in league play through 14 games. Uh, That's a hard one to swallow, especially when you consider they have seven ties out of those 14 games. So they're right there. They're a goal away from winning it a bunch of times, just like they were on Saturday. It just feels like the season is starting to slip from their grasp a little bit with only eight games to go. They've got to figure out how to start to win. That's kind of been the story for this team all year, right? Is learning how to win, and they're still figuring it out. They're still not taking that lesson and taking it the step forward to to start turning good performances into consistent victories. Eight games to go. Eight, I mean, eight games to go. That, that's, that's a that, lot of games. They're right up against plenty of games, but they've got to start to get some wins, that's, or else this is going to get out of their hands. I quick. mean, that's that's exactly my my fear. Is that just how the season has gone? Is that I, I don't know they have confidence that they're going to be able to consistently do that. I think the team absolutely has the talent, and uh, but maybe this year just isn't their year. And again, I'm I'm feeling pretty pretty down after that that last loss. But I can already see it now. You know, we missed the playoff by just a couple points, and then we look back to matches like that one. Like, man, right. what could have and what should have been. I mean, that's six points. That's a six-point difference. Those three games where they had a 2 to nothing lead. I know the cliche, it's the most dangerous lead in soccer. You'll hear that from people all the time. And it's for reasons like this, right? Because you get a little bit comfortable. You think, oh, we got two goals. we got a two-goal cushion. Um, and then teams are able to come back and, and steal points off of you. There is some positive news, though, for racing Louisville. It came out just about a couple of hours ago now. And maybe, Benton, it makes a huge difference on how this final eight games goes. Nadia Nadim is back healthy and is available for racing Louisville going forward. She is a lethal goal scorer when she's at her healthy best, which she's been far too seldom for racing Louisville over these last couple of seasons. Um, you know, it just it, that's part of the part of the deal when you're signing a player in her mid 30s. Sometimes injuries happen, but when she's healthy, when she's available, she can put chances away, and that is something that this this team has needed a little bit. They've gotten inconsistent play out of their center forwards, promising moments from Parker Goins and Kirsten Davis. Uchenna Canoe has quality, but hasn't really been able to adjust to the NWSL yet in terms of score goals regularly just one goal to her name all season long so to get Nadia Nadim back how big of an impact will that have on racing Louisville over this final stretch of eight games uh, in the regular season and also throw in the fact that they have the Challenge Cup coming up they're leading their group in the Challenge Cup they might have a chance to go deep in that tournament yeah I mean the, the doctor she's she's a big deal and this she could be kind of the, the make or break factor for this team in, in regards to their playoff push uh, I think they really need her to be a spark to be a catalyst for this team to help kind of get those, those consistent results or at least get comfortable leads in the beginning of games that they're able to kind of see out. But uh, very excited to see her back. Um, you know, I, I'm curious if she's going to be playing this this weekend at all. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing her out there for a few minutes, but uh, I wouldn't be too upset if they were to kind of space things out a little bit and, and keep her healthy and ready for the long haul. Right. What you don't want is to rush her back. Absolutely not. And have her re-injure herself for a third time. That'd be um, devastating. And rob Louisville, uh, racing Louisville fans of, of seeing her in action uh, for their team because she's been hyped up so much. Rightfully so. She's had a great career. She's a phenomenal talent. She's been hyped up as a, as a marquee player for racing Louisville um, since she joined the team. But injuries have just robbed her of that opportunity to show her skills. What we do know, though, and I think this is maybe where she could make the biggest difference on this team is when she's out there on the field. She has that killer mentality, that killer instinct. She's the kind of player that when you have a two-goal lead, she's going to take that chance to make it a three-goal lead and really put the game out of question, in the rearview mirror, right? And that's something that this team has lacked a little bit, obviously, because of what happened last weekend with the 2-0 lead in Seattle and a couple of times previously when they've had 2-0 leads. So to me, maybe more than anything, just having her around with that killer instinct out there on the field, let's say she's only got 10 or 15 minutes in her legs at this point in her recovery and, and frankly, in her career Mm -hmm. at, uh, at the age that she is. Maybe that's all they really need out of her because you give her one chance, she's going to be the kind of player that takes it. Yeah, and I mean, also what she could she could do that. Now I'm thinking a bit more about it. Is she could also serve as a bit of a distraction, right? Like if she still demands respect from defenders in the league, she might open up opportunities for for other players on the team to kind of create and and capitalize on scoring opportunities. So this could be the spark that they need. 
but we're gonna have to see what kind of kind of shape she's in and how she's looking out there on the pitch. Let's talk about the game coming up tomorrow night. Uh, it's it's quickly upon us. It's such a weird week, right? With the holiday, suddenly it's Friday. Tomorrow is Friday. <laughs> it's game day for Racing Louisville. It is upon us all of a sudden. They're taking on the Kansas City Current. That's a team they've had a lot of success against this year. Uh, they beat them in back to back games earlier in the season between a regular season matchup and a Challenge Cup matchup. Uh, they are below Racing Louisville in the standings, but only by one point. That puts them down in tenth place as Racing sits in eighth, tied with the Orlando Pride, and they're ahead of them on goal differential. So Kansas City, a team that we know uh, pretty well at this point in the season, both you and I know, but also I would imagine Racing Louisville knows on the field. What do you make of this game? What do you expect out of this game? Can Racing Louisville get it done at home? And again, a regular season game. This is an opportunity for them to get points in those playoff standings, points that they desperately need before they go on a little run. They'll have a week off and also have three straight Challenge Cup games during the World Cup where the league organized the schedule to kind of have these, look, you you're not going to say that you don't care about them, but they're less important, the Challenge Cup mm-hmm. games. So this is the last chance to, to really add to your playoff total for about a month um, uh, until you can start to gear up for that final stretch of the season. So to me, it's a huge opportunity to, at home to beat a team that's below you in the standings and get those playoff points. Yeah, I mean, this has a potential to be a little bit spicy, right? Like both teams are, are, are looking for something from this. We want to rebound from that loss in, uh, against the rain, as we were talking about before. We need to start claiming as many points as we can. Meanwhile, Kansas City current, they're on the outside looking in and they want to push themselves up into that, that picture as well and scraping out some points on the road. They wouldn't be too mad at all about that. So um, you're really interested to see how this one pans out. It could tell a lot about what to expect for these teams for the rest of the season as far as what's feasible for them to achieve. 7 o'clock tomorrow night at Lynn Family Stadium for that game. There are post-match fireworks. Oh, yeah. Rightfully so on the 4th of July week. I know it's not the weekend anymore, but 4th of July week, it's right in the rearview mirror, so why not fire up the fireworks one more time? Post-game fireworks are always fun regardless. I'm never going to say no to them. So that should be a a, a lot of fun tomorrow night. A couple of notes that we need to hit uh, before we move on to the second segment, which, by the way, I haven't plugged yet. Jonathan Lintner is our guest tonight. The man, the myth, the legend. That's right. The man, the myth, the legend, the vice president of communications, I'll call him, whatever his title may be over there at Soccer Holdings. Uh, He's going to talk to us about what's going on in the club, in the organization, and, and with these two teams over the next, uh, you know, just kind of catching up with them, really, because we haven't talked to him in a few weeks on the show. So we're looking forward to that here in a few minutes. But a couple of notes uh, for Racing Louisville, one of which also came down today, if my memory serves, wasn't that this morning? Emina Ekic, uh, Louisville native, but she's been called into the Bosnia and Herzegovina national team. Her parents are both Bosnian, were both born in Bosnia before immigrating here to Louisville in the United States. So she is therefore eligible to represent Bosnia and Herzegovina. Um, really exciting for her. Again, a Louisville native, DuPont Manual High School, University of Louisville player, one of the first draft picks racing Louisville ever had in their first ever draft back a couple of years ago. A player that is a fan favorite for obvious reasons for her ties to the city and to the community. So really excited to see her be able to go play on the international stage for the country of her heritage. Got to be a proud moment for her and her family as well. Uh, just exciting all around to see her get this call. Yeah, I mean, that's super, that's super exciting. I'm really happy for her that she's getting able to participate in the international scene, um, especially with with her uh, injury situation that she had and coming back from that, getting some more minutes on the field, at least for the immediate future. That's a, that's a great big plus for her. So really happy that she's, she's getting this opportunity. Good for her. Yeah, it's a huge point you make about the minutes, right? Because she went over to Australia, injured her ankle, missed significant time with racing Louisville. And then just by virtue of the way the season has gone and also by virtue of how the offseason went with racing, picking, in, picking up some key talents and places, she's kind of fallen down the pecking order just a little yeah. bit, right? So to your point, for her to be able to go play these games for Bosnia Herzegovina against Greece and Hungary in friendlies coming up. They didn't make the World Cup, but they're going to play some friendlies in this upcoming international break. For her to just get some minutes out on the field as she continues to build up her, her endurance and and her her legs uh, coming back from injury, that's a huge opportunity for her. And and who knows? Let's see if let's see what she's got. Goes over there and plays, and maybe she can uh, impress Kim Bjorkgren a little bit to win some more playing time with Racing Louisville and contribute to this team. You know? I hope so. I'm a big fan of the hometown here, and I'd like to see more of her. So that's coming up for... Again, Amina Ekic, the Louisville native with Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, she is now a senior international. Uh, I mean, that'll be that, that's just another feather in the cap of racing Louisville. Talking about the world's best talent. That's what it is, right? That's what the NWSL is. It's the best women's league in the world. We have it right here in Louisville. And here's another example of it. A player who is playing on the international scene against the best players in the world, um, in her case, in Europe. So it's just another huge feather in the cap of racing Louisville. Also, one other note. 
Uh, before we scurry off to break, Wang Shuang officially called up to the World's Cup squad for China. Uh, this week it was announced. This was, this was very expected. We knew it was going to happen. We've been saying it for weeks that it had already happened. Um, but just the official notification, always good to see. And again, same point I was making about Amina Ekic. Best players in the world. Best players in the world are right here in Louisville representing your city. I'm sure for racing Louisville. I'm sure you've noticed this, but Wong has a lot of fans. Everywhere she goes, there's like a contingent of people there just to see her home and away. She brings the noise. She's a lot of fun to watch. So again, yeah, like you said before, though, not shocking at all that she's getting called up. That, but good for her that it's finally been made official. Plenty more to come on the show. Plenty more to talk about as well. We haven't even gotten into Louisville City yet. They've got a game this weekend against Loudoun United coming off of a very gritty 0-0 tie at Pittsburgh last weekend against a defensive-minded Pittsburgh team. But still a Louisville City team struggling to score. They're second from the bottom in goals scored. We'll chat about what they have coming up against Loudoun this weekend and where they are in the season coming up a little bit later in the show. When we come back, though, for our second segment, we're going to chat with Jonathan Lintner of Racing Louisville and Louisville City. City FC getting us up to speed on what's going on in the organization. Uh, we'll chat with him when we come back. It's Soccer City here on ESPN 680 and 1057. You're listening to Soccer City right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. Welcome back, Soccer City here on ESPN Louisville, ESPN 680 and 1057. Getting you ready for a couple of games this weekend and a busy, busy stretch over the next couple of weeks at Lynn Family Stadium. We've got two games to talk about starting tomorrow night. Racing Louisville at home against Kansas City. Saturday night, Louisville City at home against Loudoun United. And there are lots of opportunities to see Louisville City in action over the next couple of weeks. We've got Wednesday, two Wednesday games, two Saturday games after this weekend over the next couple of weeks. So come on out to Lynn Family Stadium where we will know, we know anyway, that Jonathan Lintner will be uh, at Lynn Family Stadium. Uh, he is the vice president of communications for soccer holdings for Racing Louisville and for Louisville City. He joins us tonight. Good just to catch up with him. We haven't talked to him on the show in a few weeks. What's going on, Jonathan? Thanks for taking the time, man. I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, always enjoy listening to the show, and then I guess, you know, fire away. <laughs> Well, we got um, uh, we got a couple of games this weekend, but I also know you guys have uh, put out the fill of the fam games for for the season. They were already announced, but you, you, there was the flash sale earlier this month. Uh, so just let fans know what's going on with fill of the fam, and uh, and you know last year was a great success for both teams. Hoping to duplicate that again this year. Yeah, fill the fam that that we started a year ago. It's it's kind of like you know with, with how when the stadium opened in twenty twenty covid like we never had that huge grand opening and even when we did that in 21 i I think there was still some trepidation about the pandemic and the virus and all that and we just finally said hey we need to blow out the promotions let the community come out and see what this is all about uh and then also do it around a game that was really important so for us last year on the Louisville city side it was against tampa bay rowdies they of course had had our number in the conference final and then uh chicago red stars kind of a regional rival for racing louisville um, that one did not go quite as well on the pitch but uh it looks like that's, that's a much improved squad this year um and, and as we turn the page to this year it, it's it's like what can we do different how can we change things up so we end up going back to the fireworks we'll have a giveaway uh but we moved it to the indy 11 game uh which i i feel like you know, we have not rekindled the rivalry maybe so much. Indy kind of tailed off a couple of years ago. They actually got the better of us last year, but it'll be good to, to get that kind of environment in Lynn Family Stadium. That's July 29th, Loose City against Indy 11. Uh, you know, you'd hope that they bring a few hundred fans of their own. So that'll be, I think, a different sort of experience than we had last year, uh, where you actually will have some back and forth and and all the, the pageantry that goes with that. And then on the racing Louisville side, it, I just I feel like culturally maybe our fan base does not get along with Angel City's fan base too much. Uh, <laughs> and then that game will be coming up in August as well. And the goals being for Louisville City, like we want to break the club and stadium attendance record. I think it was like 14,673 last year for racing Louisville. We want to top 10,000 for the first time, and we think that's going to be well within our reach. So uh, those promotions are underway. I, I think – you know, it just a, a really you got something for every everyone at these games. You think about kids and fireworks and and people wanting to get a free T-shirt, for free flag, all that good stuff. So we're excited about them this year. Now, beyond just the the fill the fan matches, you got a busy home schedule over the next few weeks. Are there any other promotions, giveaways, or just items of of note that you want to call out? 
Yeah, I would start with this weekend. So tomorrow night, uh, racing Louisville against Casey Current, a team that you know we've kind of had their number this season. I think you know back-to-back wins uh, earlier this year. They'll be coming into town for an eight o'clock kickoff. Um, we've got a belt bag giveaway. Um, I may have snuck one home already for my wife. Uh, very nice giveaway. So first thousand fans are going to get one of those, and then we've got post-game fireworks. Uh, so if you haven't had enough of the noise this week, we'll give you a little bit more. <laughs> and then on Saturday, uh, Louisville City against. Uh, excuse me, Loudon, Loudon United. Um, I think a better challenge than Loudon has maybe presented in the past. They used to be under the ownership of D.C. United. Now they're this independent club that has retained their coach, a little bit different style, and, and they're in a playoff position. So it's a big one for us, and it's teacher appreciation night. So if you know a teacher, they can get a free ticket to the game. You just got to go to lucecity.com slash teachers, and we'll see them in the supporter section. Jonathan, we got uh, the next international friendly coming up in a couple of, well, it's just over a week, actually, a week from Saturday against Atlante out of Mexico. Uh, obviously, FC Kaiser Slattern was in last month. Uh, really fun game, really fun environment. There were a few hundred Kaiser Slattern fans there um, for the first ever international friendly for, for Louisville City. So uh, just tell us about, uh, you know, Atlante, the opportunity to, to face a team from Mexico for Louisville City, and also what the club wants to do with international friendlies going forward. I know that you know, a lot of teams across the country do these kinds of things in the summertime, especially when European teams are on their preseasons. So what are the what are the plans for international friendlies over the next couple of years for Louisville City and also for racing Louisville if there's anything like that in the works? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say, I mean, we're, we're, we're still haunting those like premium brands on the Louisville City side. Uh, I think it was it was pretty well circulated last year that, that we were a signature away from Wolverhampton Wanderers of the English Premier League coming to Lynn Family Stadium. That didn't work out because their whole American tour for the summer fell apart. They decided to stay domestic. Um, but we've had Premier League teams interested. We've had teams from La Liga interested. Um, it just so happened that this year it, it made sense to get a team from Germany and a team from Mexico. I think Look, we have a newer facility. Uh, it's a USL market. It's not an MLS market. So you kind of have to prove yourself that you can do this. I think the FC Kaiser Slotten game was a good showcase. Uh, it was a Wednesday night. And to pull the kind of crowd that we did, despite, you know, a downpour and <laughs> all that happened that night, uh, you know, we, we thought that was a success. Um, and this game against Atlante a week from Saturday, being on the weekend, uh, is another big opportunity for us. And, you know, also to connect with our, our local Hispanic community, Um you know, we, we have had a lot of conversations, you know, not about let's do what we would do if we wanted to have entertainment for the Hispanic community, but, but really actually outreaching to the Hispanic community and saying, what would you want to see at Lynn Family Stadium? So we're very close to having a bunch of promotions rolled out for that game, uh, live music, entertainment, lots of local food, food trucks, additions to the concession lineup, and, and of course, some different additions, of you know, in Spanish language around the stadium. I think this is a community that, you know, they love soccer, maybe haven't had a reason to come out to Louisville City Games before. We want to give them one. We want to show that, that you know, we're competitive, we're, we're a classy team, and, and, you know, kind of build that fan base in Louisville. Now, Twitter user David L. asked about any potential midseason signings for, uh, for Louisville City. Um, do, you, do you have anything you can, you can share on that front? Uh, I know we've had a bit of injury issues and the departure of Josh Widener. Yeah, yeah, and, and the solution for Josh was the Jordan Scarlett, and, and you think about, you know, what, what do you know about Jordan Scarlett? Well, solid defender, he'll win you some balls in the air like Josh does. Great athlete, great person, but really durable. And then he comes here, and for the first time, he has a season Indian injury in his career. So we're left a little thin at center back right now. Um, of course, Sean Tosh and Wes Sharpie have, have been great, um, consistent. You know, Wes started the season injured, but we've gotten some some consistency in that role. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we we're open, I think, to depth and to another signing there. This is a tough time of year uh, to, to go out and find a center back in the USL, but I know the team has, has fielded some calls, made some calls, um, nothing imminent, but something that they, they continue to work on and be open to you know, bringing somebody new in. Talking with Jonathan Lintner of Louisville City and Racing Louisville. Jonathan, I'm going to throw you kind of a uh, – this one is maybe coming from an angle, so be a little bit ready. We haven't gotten to it yet. But in the third segment, when we talk about Louisville City, we're going to talk about last week's game at Pittsburgh, the 0-0 tie. 
there was, I think Louisville City fans would say, a clear foul that was not called that would have given them a penalty in the, you know, against Pittsburgh and given Louisville City the opportunity to score and maybe win that game. So here's the question I have for you, given that you're on the inside, you know the, you know, the, the machinations of what goes on behind the scenes. Is there any conversation about VAR, about video review in the USL coming forward? I know that, you know, all of the argument would be that a lot of teams aren't ready. A lot of teams don't have the infrastructure. But every game is on TV. Every game has at least one camera on it. Can we not do something simple to remedy bad missed calls like we saw against Pittsburgh? What do you? What, anything to say about that? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot there. Uh, I mean, to, to answer your question, no, I'm not aware of any conversations. Um, but I, I do know, you know, you, you've seen how other federations and leagues have handled this to where sometimes maybe if a venue is equipped for VAR, they're allowed to use it, and sometimes you'll go somewhere and it's not. Um, obviously, Lynn Family Stadium is equipped for VAR. We use it on the NWSL side. Um, that's different than, say, O-line technology that would have come into play in the second half of last week's Pittsburgh game, but it would have helped in the instance of what was a pretty clear penalty on Oscar, and then you know you can't forget there was a studs-up tackle on Kyle Del Piccolo right in front of the bench area early in the game as well. So it was really three things, and and look, I, I think that's the nature of the game is they're not all going to go your way, and the referees are doing the best that they can. But I would definitely be open, and I hope the league is open to just maybe some common sense ways to move forward and look at this. Um, like you said, all the games are are streamed and they're done by the league for the most part. So maybe there's something to that. Um, but uh, I, you know, stay tuned on that one. I would say that the league does their summer showcase soon. That that event that came here last year, the midseason board meetings. Maybe that'll come up. There could be something to come out of that. Jeff got to put you on the spot, so it's my turn to do that Uh-oh. now. Here we go. <laughs> uh, generally, about midseason is uh, is when Louisville City has traditionally released a third kit. Is there any information that you can share on that front? Uh, we will have one eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be in for the game on the 29th, so we won't be able to do similar to what we did with the, the black and gold last year and debut that for Phil the Fam. Um, I would look for something later in the season, maybe something that we wear – in October, or we make it like a playoffs slash postseason kit, um, and and you know it'll probably be similar to what we've had in the past. But we're still working out the kinks on that. I, I think everybody who pays attention by now knows it's not easy to customize things uh, when you are with Adidas and the USL. You kind of get what you get. So we continue to try and do things differently. Um, you know, I, for instance, the the kit last year. You know that's a pretty standard Adidas kit, but we were able to get most of all of our sponsors to to you know put the letters in gold at least, uh, so it had that shine and something different to it. So we're trying to figure out what that different thing will be for this year's kit, uh, and and you know yeah you'll see something toward the end of the season that uh, you know hopefully we can theme around uh, going into the postseason. Real quick, um, you know, a lot of fans have been talking about it on social media over the last couple of weeks. Any comments on the paranormal cirque that is going to be taking place in the parking lot at Lynn Family Stadium this weekend? You can you can say no, and we can move right past it if you want me to. I just thought I would, you know, take the opportunity for the fans to ask you. Uh, look, I think on that you've got you – know, one thing I would, I would be clear with everybody is, is we own the stadium. We do not operate the stadium. So there's a company called ASM Global. They also operate the KFC Yum Center best in class you look at the events that come to the um center i i don't know exactly why we have not been able to get those sort of events non-soccer events to win family stadium uh but I, I think that you start to get these sort of smaller i would say events that that make up for some of that revenue discrepancy of what you're expecting in, in light of having a big concert um so i don't know what that will mean for the long term um not ideal to have a circus set up in one of your closest parking lots to the stadium on a game weekend. Uh, but I think that's something that, you know, we're, we're in what the, the third, fourth season of having a stadium still kind of learning all the ins and outs of operating one and, and, you know, what works best for our fans, what adds value. Uh, you know, you want to add events where people can come to the stadium who are season ticket holders. Ben, and I've seen you post about this. You want to come and support these events. So we need to find things that, that people want to get behind. And, and I think that's something that, that moving forward, um, you know, they're going to have to do a better job of. And, and look, we at the club, um, we see it, we hear it, and uh, we, we definitely take on board what people are saying. All right, just a couple more for you. Um, training today, one of the stories that came out of training was Sean Tosh. He's getting set for his 200th 
uh, USL appearance for Louisville City, assuming he plays this weekend against Loudoun United, which is almost always a lock with him. Um, he such a, has such a big impact on this uh, on this organization, um, and has over the last several years. He's one of you know he's one of the captain's armband a lot this year. He, he's one of the pillars of the team. Um, just tell us about you know you're around him more often than any of us are. What kind of guy he is? What he means to the group? And and also just how significant uh, having another player with 200 appearances for the club in, in league play. How significant that is? Yeah, I, I you know we we talked to Sean this morning, like you said, um, and and now that you're saying this, I, I kind of think back to when he first signed because I was around at that point too. Um, you know, kind of a goofier guy, a lot younger, and you look at you know what Sean has become here. Always been a great player, don't get me wrong, uh, but now he's become the default player to wear the captain's armband when Palo Del Piccolo is not on the field. Um, All league first team, three seasons in a row. He has, you know, a wife here. He has a house here. He's very settled. Um, just a a really composed guy, I would say, on and off the field, and and just loves Louisville, and and that's. That's what you want. I mean, when you look around, you've got that with Brian Omby, you've got that with Niall McCabe, you've got that with Paolo. So um, it's it's that kind of staying power. And I, I asked Sean today, like, when you when you came to Louisville, did you expect you'd still be here? And he's like, there's no way you can expect that because USL, things like this don't happen. But for some reason, they have continued to happen here at Louisville, and I think that's that's been what's allowed us to have staying power at the top of the league. Yeah, Louisville City really is the exception to the rule in the USL. So much turnover across the league. Just hasn't been that way for Louisville City, Benton. Yeah, trailblazer on the on the consistency yeah. front, and I'm very thankful for that. Anything else you got for us, Jonathan? Anything uh, that we haven't asked you about that you want to get out there to the public while you have the opportunity? Or uh, otherwise, just uh, we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, well, like we were saying, tons of games. I think the one we didn't mention, uh, Louisville City against Pittsburgh midweek next week on Wednesday. Uh, Benton's right for you at Bucket Hat Giveaway. Thanks for them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and $2 hot dogs and beers before the game. So that'll be a good one, too. Plenty to look forward to. Lots of opportunities to, to go to Lynn Family Stadium and, and watch some soccer over the next couple of weeks. Jonathan, appreciate you, man. Good to talk to you. We'll see you out at the stadium. All right. Thank you, guys. Jonathan Lintner of Louisville City and Racing Louisville joining us. Uh, thoughts on the third kit? I know you were fired up about that Benton coming in. Any thoughts on what he had to say there about the third kit as uh, as the Louisville City super fan that you are? I'm um, I'm a little sad that it's not going to be ready for the fill the fam because that was just kind of my my mental spot and when I assumed it would be coming. But uh, right, curious to see what it is. I hope they uh, they go off the beaten path a little bit, get a little creative, um, whether it's color or design. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. One other note, I, I was going to mention this, but the conversation moved on. We were talking about the international friendlies, talking about maybe trying to bring in some English Premier League teams, which, of course, would be the headline maker because so many people follow the, the Premier League in the United States. I was taking a walk downtown the other day. Um, I saw the display of sister cities that Louisville has. Leeds is one of them. I know they just got relegated technically to the championship, but they're one of the bigger name teams over there in England. Just throwing it out there, just saying maybe. That's what you call Maybe. It. That is a sleeping giant team. That would be a lot of fun, though. Uh, to have over there but if I'm going to be honest maybe this is a little bit of a hot take rather than having a Premier League team I'd rather get one of the massive Mexican teams like a Club America I think I think that there's a, a big fan base within the country for, for clubs like that and I, I think that could be a really fun time I'm thinking back to the Women's Cup when we had sure, had, T- had yeah, the Tigres team there. came in, yeah, yeah, and the, and the fans that they brought, or actually, it wasn't Tigres; it was uh, Pumas, I think. Anyway, uh, the only thing I would say about that is if you bring in one of the big, big clubs like Club America or uh, Cruz Azul or somebody like that, you're going to be outnumbered in your own stadium. There are going to be more Club America fans at Lynn Family Stadium would, than there would be Louisville City fans. I can promise you. But it would be it would be a fun time. It would at be the a fun end time. of the day, like a friendly, the result doesn't matter all that much. It's more about the hey, we're having we're playing unique team, fun atmosphere. That's like the Kaiser Cotton thing. I didn't really like care all that much about the scoreline sure. or what happened. They're like we lost. I was like that's the only time I was like never upset about us losing. Like it's just about the the experience and just getting to celebrate the sport and something unique you're able to put together. So I wouldn't be too worried about. That I think it'd create too unique of an atmosphere to pass up. But it's uh, it's a good sign to see that that is something that is going to be happening more often oh, yeah. going forward. The Atlante game coming up a week from Saturday, I think, will be a fun atmosphere. We'll see, uh, you know, what kind of fans show up. Uh, it'll be a fun atmosphere if, if, if Atlante fans are there to kind of charge that energy into the stadium. That'll be fun to see. Um, but good to see international teams coming in as, as an option going forward. Always exciting to 
Also see Louisville City test themselves against, you know, the so-called best over in Europe. Not to take anything from, away from Kaiserslautern, for example. But, you know what I mean? The, the American against Europe conversation happens all the time in soccer. It's always fun to see it play out before your eyes on the field. I think it really shows you kind of what the product you have in town, right? I mean, Kaiserslautern, for example, they're a, you know, they're a top two side. Probably go up to the, the Bundesliga sometime in the really near future. I mean, like... They didn't exactly run away with that no. match. They did, sure they did win it, but we were we were keeping pace with them. So it really kind of gives you scale. You might think that there's larger gaps within the USL and other leagues, and it's maybe not quite as wide as you would think. Yeah, I, I agree 100. percent Plenty to talk about. We haven't really gotten into Louisville City yet. We touched on the the penalty no penalty controversy. The goal was it a goal or not when it went over the line controversy? We'll get into that and also preview their game against Loudoun United coming up on the other side of the break. Again, it's Soccer City Thursday nights at six o'clock on these stations, ESPN 680 and 105.7. The podcast available online after we're off the air as well. Every Thursday night we're here. We're glad you're with us. You're locked on Soccer City right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now here's Jeff Milby and Benton Newman. Now, welcome back. Final segment of the show, Soccer City. Talking about Louisville City in this segment. We've not really gotten into it yet, Benton. We talked about racing Louisville. We interviewed Jonathan Lintner. Well, we got into it a little bit. But uh, Louisville City coming off of a scoreless tie at Pittsburgh last weekend. They are getting ready, Louisville City are, for a game this weekend on Saturday night. we got Racing Louisville in action tomorrow night at Lynn Family Stadium. RacingLouFC.com slash tickets. We're 502 City. Saturday night, it's Lou City against Loudoun United. LouCity.com slash tickets or 502 Lou City is the same phone number. But let's look back last week. 0-0 was the score at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, such a defensive-minded team. Lily Ball was in full effect on that night. Just a physical game, a who-wants-it-more desire kind of game. And Louisville City stood their ground, stood tall, played well against a defensive-minded team. And as we alluded to with Jonathan, maybe should have won the game. They had a penalty call that wasn't called that on replay. I mean, live action looked clear to me, and then on replay it looked even more clear that it should have been a penalty. Oscar Jimenez drawing a foul in the box was not called. There was the was it over the line or was it not over the line call uh, for Louisville City after a shot went off the post. It just dangled tantalizingly in the air right over the goal line. It was headed out by a Pittsburgh player off the goal line. Was it in? Was it out? Certainly questionable. I think Louisville City fans have an argument. I think Pittsburgh fans have an argument in that one. And then as Jonathan mentioned, there was a studs-up tackle right in front of the Louisville City bench. So you could be critical of the refereeing in this game, I think, is, is the point I'm making. Um, we, we don't. I don't think we've talked about the refereeing that much on the show this year. Um, I actively try not to. I same because it's it it's a tough job. You don't want to criticize those people. It is a difficult job. But what I will say is the penalty of all of the calls that happened in the game, the penalty was the clearest to me. The penalty was blatantly a penalty. I don't know how you don't call that as a penalty. If that foul happens anywhere on the field, it's a foul. I don't know why suddenly the referee shied away from it when it was in the Pittsburgh penalty area. And Louisville got robbed a little bit on that one because you give them a penalty, you assume that they put it away, suddenly it's one to nothing. It's still a physical, defensive-minded game. Maybe they can steal it on the road and come out with all three points. And they don't because they don't get the penalty call to go their way. Look, you can if you're listening to me and you're saying, well, Jeff... You could look at Louisville City and say, well, they didn't take their chances. They didn't score. But it's that's easier said than done against Pittsburgh on the road, on turf. The wind was blowing. The rain was pouring down. It was an ugly, ugly game of soccer. It was an ugly game of soccer. And in those games, the little moments make the biggest differences. And that was a moment that could have made a big difference. So let's put the drama aside. A point on the road at Pittsburgh is an outstanding result. And I think I you're right. Taking that every day of the week. I know last week I was very pessimistic. I was pessimistic earlier about racing. I don't know what's gotten into me. I feel like I'm generally pretty optimistic but I feel like we haven't had a win in a while to cheer about you know what I mean I know, that's one win in the month of June for Louisville City racing Louisville just one win in their last six regular season games that's I kinda, I'm, getting, I'm getting grouchy I, guess. I, I get what I you're know. saying about the pessimism but um, I mean one point is absolutely uh, astounding but it's I, I think it's great that we can feel slated that we didn't win that match I mean this was the first place team in the East I think they've slid down to second yeah, so very very close they to actually, the top up there but. they actually had slid down to second by the time the game was played on Saturday because Charleston played on Friday night and jumped them uh, uh, but they're right there 
at the top yeah, of the standings. Yeah, point yeah, point a, being, a top team. Uh, you know, they're surely going to be in the, in the playoff picture. But um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, the the officiating on that one was I mean, was pretty poor. My philosophy with the officiating generally is that you win some, you lose some, and a long term, it kind of evens itself out. But it's hard not to not to make that a, a big talking point, particularly like you said, the Fallon Oscar in the box. I mean, you could have put one of my family members who's not a soccer fan <laughs> on, on the, the pitch to make the call, and they would have they would have gotten it correct. So I'm, I'm I'm sure it was in the back of the referee's mind. I'm I feel less um, less offended by the uh, the goal line situation. I mean, sure, yeah, we we have the uh, the luxury of uh, taking screenshots and reviewing the film, but for them to call it in real time, like I kind of get why they wouldn't feel super confident saying, "Yep, that's a goal," because I I, I try to flip the script. In a situation like that, like sure. If, if, we're, if you were a Pittsburgh fan, how would you feel? Yeah, if, we if you're were, a Pittsburgh fan, you're watching the penalty call. If you're an objective fan, even if you're a biased fan in favor of Pittsburgh, I think you still got to go. Ooh, we were lucky to get away with that one. Oh, we yeah. were lucky to get away with that one because they were because it was a penalty. But the one over the line, I'm with you 100. percent Was it over the line? Maybe. Was it a goal? Maybe. Can you really fault the referee for not calling it a goal? No, I don't yeah, think so. No, no, you, you can't. But um, at the end of the day, though, kind of like you were saying before, control what you can control. Louisville City did have a few opportunities they weren't able to capitalize on. I think back to a, an opportunity that Elijah Widener created for Matiti Mushigalusa, kind of created a one-on-one opportunity with, uh, with the goalie and wasn't even able to put it on target. And a little disappointing to, to think back to situations like that. But on the flip side of things, uh, you know, we were weathering a storm for a little a little bit as well. Pittsburgh had our, our backs up against the wall for periods of the match. So, oh, no, really good match. But, the, again, the fact that we were able to get a point on the road is great. And I look at it more like this. We denied Pittsburgh two points. That, that's, that's, our, that's the kind of things you need to do to call back into it. So um, I, I think, though, the standard's going to be a little bit higher when they come to town, though. I think a wild draw would have passed on the road at home we got to be winning, especially when we know what we're up against and we know that we can match up with them. Uh, that, that's what I'm going to be shooting for. So that Wednesday game is going to be great. And it's even better because apparently it's bucket hat night. I didn't know. That's right, yeah. I didn't know they were making a night for me. You, they should have given you the advance notice because you're Mr. Bucket hat. That, you, they, it's they part of your brand for goodness sake. They might've mentioned it before, but I forgot, but Hey, that's pretty, uh, pretty exciting. I'm happy about that. So it should be a great match. Hopefully the weather's great. Yeah, it's nice. To, it's nice for for Louisville City if they do feel a little bit hard done by in that game to to have Pittsburgh coming to your place just a couple of weeks later to turn around and and take them on again. That's the game coming up next Wednesday night. The game on Saturday that we're previewing in this show against Loudon United is uh, at eight o'clock on Saturday. No, oh, by the way, the broadcast is going to have a special guest, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not at the stadium, you should be at the stadium. But if you're not, if you're out and about on Saturday night, uh, it's not Casey Whitfield that will join me in the broadcast booth. It is one Bitten Newman who will be in the broadcast booth on Saturday. I just want to say I'm excited to have you up there, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited about it. I'm making my debut. I'm getting capped, however you want to phrase you're, you're it. You're getting capped. And, it, and it's it. a regular season game, so to extend the analogy, you're getting capped tied. You can't go play for another team. Right? <laughs> I can't, I, yeah, That's I can't, the way it is. I can't do color for any other team. That's I'm, right. I'm fine like that it'll be a cool fun opportunity so i'm looking forward to it let's talk a little bit about loud and united we had the conversation last week and i i feel vindicated based on the research i did they're not full-fledged reserve team for dc united it's gray it's gray but they have a lot of guys on their team that are dc players dc academy products um guys that have played for dc uh one one name in particular a, a young kid that played for dc in the season opener has been with loudon since so it's a little bit of a gray area so we were both right i think ultimately yeah. last week when we had our, our, our brief moment of like hold on what yeah what's going on because we were looking it up afterwards yeah. i think text each other about it trying to, trying to figure out what their situation is so they're, they're working their way to freedom away from from dc united United. uh they are currently in the playoffs as it stands right now in the very forgiving playoffs of the eastern conference where a full two-thirds of the teams make it into the postseason they are just above the playoff cut line in eighth place three points clear of fc tulsa Uh, and for perspective that puts them seven points back of louisville city in the standings in the eastern conference again loud and united you can't quite say that they're a young team the way they've always been with reserve team uh, players, but it's still a team that is formulating itself. They don't have an established culture the way Louisville City does. They don't have established veterans the way Louisville City does. The point I'm making here, Benton, we say this almost every week, it seems like, and and maybe that uh, speaks poorly of me, but... Loudoun United is a team that Louisville City should beat 
coming into Lynn Family oh, Stadium. No, I, I agree. It's they're, a team they should beat. They're they're better than they have been in the past. In the past, they've been an absolute dumpster fire. Now they're a little less. Uh, they're still not great. They're I mean they're an eighth. They're right behind Indy, but they have a minus twelve goal differential. I'm just I'm just now seeing that's the second worst in the league. I feel like they're kind of they're a little inflated there. Maybe we need to knock them back down the reality a little bit, deny them some points so they fall back into their appropriate spot on the table. But with that said, I mean, you can't underestimate anybody in this league. I mean, year over year, I think the competitiveness is just ratcheting up and up. It's an arms race of talent. People are figuring each other out. And, um, you know, we used to be able to boast our consistency is one big differentiating factor. A lot of teams are catching up on that front. And uh, it allowed now with their I get new ownership situation, I think we'll start to find themselves in more stable positioning in the future. But right now, um, yeah, I don't I don't. I don't I, I think they're they're a little worse than their table standing. The guy to know for Loudoun United, his name is Zach Ryan. Eight goals, two assists for him this season. He is a player that uh, is associated with D.C. United. He's just 24 years old, so another younger prospect trying to impress the MLS uh, players, MLS coaches, and MLS uh, executives and get his way to the big league in the United States. But he has had a tremendous season this year for Loudoun United, uh, so he will be one to watch on Saturday night in that game. Louisville City though briefly Benton before we move on to a couple of notes that I want to get to before the end of the show uh we talked about it with Pittsburgh they're a defensive minded team it's it's a success I think to go on the road and get a point but the story remains the same about the goal scoring because they don't score over the weekend they're now second from the bottom in the league in terms of goal scored this year Louisville City just ahead of only Detroit uh Louisville City with 16 goals Detroit a couple of goals behind them yeah no I agree I mean it's been an ongoing problem we keep talking about this but it's a little bit of optimism heading into this weekend um I was told earlier today Brian Ombi is upgraded to questionable so he'll be in the mix and Manny Perez also questionable as well so hopefully getting those guys back in the mix might help on the I know particularly Brian Ombi could help with that situation but yeah I mean we're I mean we're still saying the same things over and over again about the the scoring situation I think it was a, a tough ask absolutely to have, a tough to have ask look. given given who you're playing in the conditions they're yeah. playing I was in. gonna say yeah so so to remedy that against Pittsburgh that's not necessarily the get right match that you're looking for I think you have a little better opportunity of playing a team like Loudon at home where you can kind of hopefully you know break the dam and and put a put several goals past their keeper but I, I feel like they need just one really inspiring performance that's gonna like shake them back into that some some just commanding win that we, we've used to getting in the past yeah it'll be it'll almost you know put them back on the right track it'll feel like if they can put two or three or four past Loudon United this weekend we'd come on the show next week and say hey look they figured it out everything's solved problem solved Um, but they've got to go out and do it and to your point about Brian Obi that's excellent news because the last we heard from Danny Cruz was he's going to be out for a little while uh, that he re-aggravated the injury last week before the Pittsburgh game that he's going to be out for a bit so to have him available not necessarily going to be going to play because he's questionable but to have him available is huge uh, for Louisville City so that game is on Saturday night at 8 o'clock if you can't go there listen to me and Benton on the radio we'll be on at 745 here on ESPN ESPN 680 and 1057. A couple of other notes. One notable uh, league-wide note in the USL that came out today, Benton, uh, for Tampa Bay, arguably the biggest rival, I think, for Louisville City. I know the Indy 11 rivalry is is a traditional rivalry because of location, but Tampa Bay has been a rivalry that's been born out on the field because of how good those two teams have been, Louisville City and Tampa Bay, over the last eight years, I suppose it is now, six years, I guess, since Tampa Bay came into the league technically. Um, but Tampa Bay's coach leaving, Neil Collins, leaving Tampa Bay in the middle of the season because he's going to England to coach Barnsley, which is a third division side. They're in League One over in England, which is the third division over there. Um, so one for him, I would imagine a, a very exciting appointment to go back to East English, uh, to go back to England to coach Barnsley. I mean, you know, promotion, relegation. So the dream is always to take one of those third division teams and move them up the ladder uh, towards the Premier League. Um, exciting for Tampa Bay to see one of their coaches, you know, move on to ostensibly bigger and better things. But in the short term, suddenly Tampa Bay, without the man that has really directed them towards championship status, led them to two USL championship finals. In 2020, it was canceled because of COVID. Then in 2021, they lost to Orange County in that final. He is as successful as any coach in the USL over the last several years, including all the coaches that have been at Louisville City, Danny Cruz and John Hackworth and James O'Connor and the triumvirate as well. Throw those guys in there. We forget about them a little bit. Um, But uh, for Louisville City, it's good to see one of your rivals 
lose their coach, I would say, right? I mean, that's that's got to be positive from a Louisville City perspective. Yeah, I think with two games to play against Tampa yet yet to go in the year, by the way. I think it's a testament to, to what they've been doing down there and his, his accomplishments. And, and when you think of a league like a USL, we're always going to be a seller league, right? So our players, we're, you know, we're going to hope move on to bigger and better things. We can continue to watch them there. Same thing kind of with the coaching situation as well. So, um, you know, you know, props to Neil Collins, absolutely deserved. You know, it reminds me of a situation back in 2018 when USL team, midway through their campaign, a juggernaut lost their coach to a uh, to a little bit bigger and better situation, and then uh, went ahead and replaced it with somebody. Who was that that they replaced? So, are with? you suggesting the same man that came in in that situation should come in in this situation, currently employed by St. Louis? One, Mr. John Hackworth. What do you think? Formerly a Tampa Bay Rowdy season ticket holder. That's right. So that that was a, that was knocked around a little bit on social media today. Yeah. That he he maybe should be the best option for Tampa Bay. What would you think about that? I mean, if I'm Tampa Bay, I mean, you got to you got to put in the call, right? I mean, he's he's got a big reputation in the U.S. soccer scene. Uh, soccer scene. I mean, it's gonna be a highly coveted job. So they're gonna. I mean, as far as USL teams go, have their 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 pick of the uh, oh, thank the crop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he's got ties there, and I guess it depends on on what he's feeling about his St. Louis gig. He's not technically a, a head coach. He's kind of more of a, an administrative sort of role with their their academy. Their academy, yeah. He, he coached their reserve team the last couple of years or last season. Uh, you remember they came over yeah. in the U.S. Open Cup and he was back coaching their reserve team. Um, I Look, I, I don't know Hack. I, I missed him. That was my gap with Louisville City. We left town for three years, so I never worked with him, never talked to him, never dealt with him. But you got to wonder about a guy who's been there at – at the level of being a head coach, winning team, he lifted the trophy with Louisville City uh, in 2018. Does he have the itch to get back into a head job? I mean, if we're going to be really critical, was that his team he lifted the trophy with? That's you saying that. That's not me saying that. That's me saying that. That's you saying that. I mean, I've, I've always thought that. I'm not saying he's a bad coach or anything, but... Racing Louisville tomorrow night at Lynn Family Stadium at 8 o'clock. RacingLouFC.com slash tickets. They take on Kansas City. And then Loudoun United against Louisville City on Saturday night. Benton and I on the radio. But you should come out and watch the boys in purple at Lynn Family Stadium. LouCity.com slash tickets. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks, so don't go anywhere. Uh, Listen to our coverage on Saturday night at 745. And Soccer City every Thursday night on these same stations. For Benton, for Zach, I'm Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start, before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com.